This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. All right, Mots, we are back at 185 of the Ring Shrinks. It's a mailbag episode. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. are in the the end of the summer here it's kind of depressing but there's light at the end of the tunnel because hockey season's right around the corner i I literally can't believe that we're talking about kids going back to school uh it's it's wild yeah we've been getting going with uh my son's u18 team we've had a couple practices and we're getting back on the ice and that slow change that we yeah, that, that we thought was happening. It's it's definitely going to happen very quickly. But um, when you get on the ice as a coach, um, it's pretty exciting. And like when the when the kids are like very engaged, it's that much mm-hmm. more exciting. So for for this age group, so the U eighteen team, um, there's a lot riding on it to like be put on the top of a list. So I was talking to a couple college coaches about how they feel about the split season and you know what they said was they don't really kind of evaluate the whole body of work but they do look and evaluate and then make a list on what they want to see plays that they want to see in the winter so my job as a coach is to get them ready for the um the real season, in my opinion, the winter season that matters when they're playing for something, you know, they're playing for a, a school and um, most of them are, are prep school kids. So, you know, mind, body, but that was a really cool thing to hear because you want them to be playing the game the, the right way enough um, so that they put themselves on the top of that list. Right. No, that's great. And like you said, it's kind of a sprint. There's a lot of tournaments, especially the fall season. Obviously, I'll be dealing with it with, uh, with you know, Brian and Colin as well at the, the you know, Brian bumps up to U18 this year as well, being a, a uh, 06, right? Yeah. So, and then uh, Colin's age group there, at the U14 age group. So it's a, it's same thing. It's a lot. It's busy. It's a, it's uh, like we talked about, you get school going hockey's starting up uh you know brian will be moving off to cushing and it's like boom 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 all right i want you back in the mix yeah Yeah. for eight months back in the mix and then the (laughs) uh and and the 2011s are getting going as well so it's exciting uh we're fired up and uh looking forward to the start of the season i just you know you, you hate for summer to come to an end because it's just you know it's nice yeah, I was saying like you dig your heels in and enjoy the uh, last few days of summer or when you have them, uh, right. you know, the, those kind of like down times. But ultimately, when you get back into the mix, you're in it. And, you know, just as far as parents and coaches and, you know, we, we, we're living both. Right. So, yeah. Um, the weather I love the, the last minute summer reading and all that stuff. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I love those phone calls. Like, there's no reading done, and this this needs to be done. You're like, oh yeah, awesome. We need uh-huh. the routine back. We need the routine back. The, yeah, the, I know the, the mama bears out the there. Exactly. The mama bears would like that as well. So, yeah, once we uh, sure. get all back into a routine, we'll be ready to go. But uh, hockey kind of centric for us. Um, I'm extremely excited to like coach these guys and provide the best that um, I can as a coach for, you know, the guys that are looking, there's a couple of guys that are committed already to uh, colleges, but this is a big year for a lot of them. And this split season is, is kind of just the start. No, it's great stuff. Uh, I was on the ice the other night, Mott, uh, you no showed, uh, you know, I know you, you you had some things going on, so it is what it is. But I won the bet. My team, uh, Nick Tazziopoulos and the Militia Group, they do an excellent job with the Hold the Line Foundation. Um, you know, great tribute to 
former BC uh, Eagle, Jill McGinnis, uh, who passed away and her two kids were on the ice. Uh, so that was uh, really nice to see her brother Johnny out there with, with Jill's kids. And, um, you know, the great turnout over there. A lot of pro guys were there and, uh, and the, you know, the support of the, the thin blue line was, uh, was excellent as well. Wish you yeah, were there, dude. I know. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but, you know, so a bet's a bet. So mm-hmm. I think I have to do what, like five push-ups? <laughs> five. That might take you a week. <laughs> so anyway, no. I don't um, know. I mean, your ears were probably ringing because uh, Brian Boyle, uh, you know, original <laughs> guest here. We were, there was the a lot girl. of smack talk. There was a lot of smack talk going on trash talking about you no showing uh good to see things haven't changed brian boyles you know he's he still brings it on the ice and in the locker room as well you know what i mean he's he's there with the guys that you know aren't the professionals anymore and uh or or that aren't professionals ever uh the guys that can barely skate that enjoy the the locker room festivities like us but he brings the heat, whether he's got his eight-year-old in tow or not. Uh, he's he's there. Actually, I heard a hilarious line from Bri's son too. Will Smith was on the bench, and uh, he's like, "Dad, I'm hungry," and you know. So Brian's like, "Dude, whatever. Like, run to the snack bar. Like, what, what do you think? They got fillets over there or something?" And uh, just a typical like dad moment with dealing with his eight-year-old son, and uh, and I think Will Smith must have said something too. He's like. Hey, you must have some. You you must have some of that BC money laying around. I'm like, what a great little line for uh, you know for an eight year old to start throwing daggers at at a young Will Smith. That's so great. Yeah, and you know to have the lineup. Like, dude, he hasn't even got do. his meal plan yet. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know what I lived. You know, it's like twenty six fifty a day, and like I ate through that. You know, if I. When breakfast and and lunch, you know, right. Never mind a late night stack. It was just like one of those things that was like, um, you know, so great to uh, to have that ability to be able to have that meal guy. But like, I love uh, Bry's kid giving Will a little little jab here and there. But the the rosters were great. Uh, You know, a lot of a lot of participation uh, for the right reasons. And uh, Nick uh, Teziopoulos does a great job at you know, cultivating a good environment with the guys that he knows and everyone's there for the right reason. So I'm glad that um, everyone showed up, um, excluding me. Uh, But (laughs) at the end of the day, I I was really bummed uh, because I would have probably um, double shifted a couple people uh, to shadow you. Yeah, you you had two goals, right? So, I mean, those two goals, it would have been, what, you know, eight, five, you know, instead of 10, 10, five. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, Hey, at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching and you know, you failed to show up. So <laughs> it is go. what it is. Uh, but it was, like you said, great turnout. A uh, lot of, a lot of, you know, kids there and families and, and an excellent job. So you were missed, uh, especially at the South side after. Yeah. Good, good post game uh, festivities. Yeah. How to, how to roll out. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Obviously, we're there. We were able to catch up on some, uh, you know, post game and watch some of the Little League World Series and stuff. And and Jackie Baker, I want to shout those guys out. Team California, they're still in the mix. Uh, obviously, that I watched them. They lost to Texas, but I believe they beat Rhode Island last night. That was kind of coming onto the screen when we were uh, getting to the restaurant last night. So, uh, but they won, and they're still in the mix in the Little League World Series. Obviously, Jack Baker grew up in South Boston, went to Thermont. How many? Couple two years, years. You're, you're two years older than him. Yeah, uh, but great player. Then at bed at, at BU and great dude. He's been out in California for a long time, and uh, you know his son Max is playing. So really cool to uh, to see that. And I know that you know it's kind of like been the talk of Boston since the Canton kids got uh, got bounced out. Uh, you know, just obviously he's got so many local ties and family there and the and everything. So it's, it's uh, rooting those guys on hopefully they can uh they can get through with the one loss and uh and you know eventually take down chinese taipei or something yeah no hey jack baker was you know one of he's one of my very good friends and met him in uh high school coming in from southie like you know talking out of the side of his mouth and great little <laughs> player can move the pocket skate yeah. yeah and uh end up playing against him 
in college, but uh, seeing Max and his Ogie Oglethorpe uh, haircut was like amazing. Yeah, like, with his post, Salad right? <laughs> so good, a hundred percent. There was real like I, I think a couple of toolsy and those guys were saying last night like uh, Jack might have been dressed up in like a chicken costume and everything at the game. I'm like that's right up his alley for sure. Yeah, I mean, like always. Uh, I didn't see it, but that was that that that's that, that's some of the rumors going around. Jack was always the showman, uh, no matter what, whether it be behind closed doors or out of out in public. But he was um, one of the better players, like so two years younger. But, yeah, you know, just just kind of being in the mix, wherever. Yeah, to, yeah, just like his son now. So uh, <laughs> we're rooting on El Segunda, and uh, yeah. we hope they. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like just an extension of Boston, right? You know, if we have uh, one of our own out there and representing the Little League World Series. No, it's awesome. It's great stuff. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, uh, things are good. We're back in the rink. Uh, I wanted to talk about Franklin Sports here before we get to the mailbag. Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Uh it's still time for it's still training time, right, Mott? So load up on that stuff. Take advantage, especially during the night of weather. I've seen a ton of Franklin's during the Little League World Series, that's for sure. But uh also the uh you know the 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 it's been great to um you know kids outside training, working on their hands, working on their stick handle, and it's great. Yeah, I was on the ice with a couple uh, younger kids recently and I told them to check out franklinsports.com just to make sure that you know, we're just doing some basic stick handling on the ice, but you can work on this off ice and you're going to see results on the ice. So make sure you check out franklinsports.com, work on your uh, off ice training, especially the, the, the training tools. Like that's so right. important. So, cause ice time is very valuable. So you want to put your time in before you get on the ice and be able to, um, you know, execute the best you can. But you can put the work in and see the results by putting in the work in the driveway, in the in the basement, and uh, mm-hmm. make sure you check out Franklin Sports. Check them out. All right, let's get to the mailbag here. I got the first one. I'm the person who inquired about my first-year Bantam's defenseman size. This year, a concern that has become apparent is that our coach seems to be fixated on his undersized stature quite a bit. It's almost as if the coach is strongly suggesting just business in conversations between the coach and my son it appears that the primary concern isn't related to puck movement speed hockey iq or short shot accuracy rather it's solely centered around size for context the team is comprised of players born in 2010 my son's the smallest of the six defensemen he weighs around 85 pounds whereas the other five defensemen weigh 115 pounds or more However, he isn't the smallest on the team overall. The situation seems to be taking a toll on my son, particularly because his size is something he cannot control. Understandably, he is becoming very frustrated, increasingly frustrated. Could you kindly offer advice on how we should address this matter with the coach? Well, I feel we kind of addressed this last time with uh, undersized players. but Yeah, it's the same. It's the same person, clearly. I just feel and like I I actually coached a undersized player at around this age, but he had good feet. Right? He had good feet and he had a good kind of like hockey intellect, you know, like like this person is pl- uh, saying his son has. So use your head to defend, right? So take that extra step and get in the way. And we, we use those uh examples of Matt Grizzlick. Um taking the extra step, getting in the way, going through the hands. Just do not think that it's a negative, right? Just because you're smaller and you, you could become, you know, six one, six two. who cares? Right now, you have to be a better, you know, mentally smart hockey IQ player to defend with your size. And I think that is one of the biggest things that, sometimes goes by the the wayside with coaches because they just see what they have. You know, like, oh, this guy's small, this guy's big, this guy's going to be a better defender. But if you use the What's the, like, how does this parent address this with the coach? I would just ask a simple question. Are you teaching him the correct way 
to use his skill sets. Okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah, that's simple. Let me, let me ask you this though. Is there any shame if he is, I mean, so he's basically what 30 pounds lighter than, than the other guys. Yeah. Uh, So I can see a coach being a little bit concerned. Um, Is it a bad thing if he does play some forward, if they have that conversation with the, with, with the coach? Because well, it's only going to co- make like him first year checking and, and things yes, like that. First year checking. Maybe the coach is a little bit concerned, right? Like I'm sensing the concern here. So I'm asking you like your thoughts on that. Well, what do you think about, you know, all right. Like if the coach is really concerned about his size, is there a problem with him going up and playing some forward? Do you have a problem with it? I have no problem with a player that a coach deems like in in between playing forward. If he's a good skater and has that IQ, like you're saying, and shot accuracy, it's like, you know what? Give him every opportunity to play and protect. But if he wants to play D, I would have no problem with it if I was dad. But with him playing Just, up front, you mean? No, not a chance. Like that that's the coach's decision, but like if you're going to the coach and asking for, you know, kind of like how you address us. Yeah. If the coach comes back to you and says, "Hey, listen, um, you know, I think we can protect him a little bit more up front, you know, we're starting to check and, you know, like he's a little slight and whatever." Then the protection of the player is what the coach wants. But ultimately, if he wants to play D, he can still play D at 85 pounds when everyone else is bigger. So my question to the coach would be, like, how can he be effective? How can you help him? And if the coach doesn't have the answers, you know, have him call us you know, or, t- or email us. The, the, right. These are the things that, you know, I lived and, you know, you weren't, like, completely undersized, but you understood, like, the game and how to protect yeah. yourself and – so it's one of those uh, interesting things like undersized defensemen at certain ages sometimes become better. Oh, they definitely do. Right. Because if, they have if, to if, think if and they, protect and be aware. A hundred percent. And we see it more and more this day and age. Right. Like it basically back in our day, it was it was everybody wanted some big, strong, like, you know, Darian Hatcher type defenseman. Uh, mm-hmm. six foot four six foot five whatever that 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 that's what they did so if you can teach these young kids to think the game and make plays and avoid uh the contact as much as possible so they don't get run over then i think it's a you know that's what those are the conversations you should have with the coach and then if if you are sensing that it's in my mind if you are sensing that it's like a serious danger type issue where, where you know he's getting plastered against the boards and things like that I don't see like a, a good, well-rounded player where he can maybe go up front and and learn, you know, play some offensive shifts, play some forward and things like that. I don't see that as a negative either, right? Like as long nope. as the kid's developing and has good hockey IQ and learning the game from the back end and and up front, um, you know, you can you can see it. Like he'll 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 be just fine. Yeah, I, I actually think he's in a good position to be more of a well-rounded player if he does have to go up front learning the game because like these 115 pound defensemen aren't going to play up front they're right. only going to know d so i just think uh you're in a spot that you know you have some questions to ask and I, um, but then you move him to forward and he's an 85 pound forward playing against 115 pound defenseman well it's the same thing it's the same thing yeah i mean i don't thing. i don't really see the benefit of, you know, putting them up front, but right. like meaning to protect, but you know, there's more room to protect versus going back for a puck and under pressure and being scared a little bit because you're, you know, 30 pounds right. less. Right, um, right, right. But yeah, no, I, th- there's some really good questions to ask. And I, I think he's in a good spot to be honest with you. If he has the hockey IQ, he can play either position, but ask the coach what he can do to help him as an undersized defenseman. Definitely. Uh, you know? 
TSR Hockey is located up in Salem, New Hampshire. We can stock up on all your equipment needs. Obviously, it's that time of year where TSR is the things are flying off the shelves up there. So make sure you get up there or you log on to their website, tsrhockey.com. We talked about their back to school bundles last week and they got everything going on. Uh, it's super busy. Make sure when you're in the store, you tell them that the rink shrink sent you. Uh, if you need to reach out to the team store, 603 912 5970. As for Micah, Dave, they'll take really, really good care of you. Make sure you're looking fresh for the upcoming season. Um, it's that time of year, Mots, where people love getting their swag, their new sticks, their skates. They realize, oh boy, you know, my son's uh, or daughter's foot grew two <laughs> sizes over the summer. What are we going to do? And I'll tell you, get to TSR. They'll take care of you. Yeah, TSR can take care of you. Like, I know I'm going to be making a trip up there. My Son was already asking about certain sticks. He wants to wants to try a couple new sticks. My daughter, she's like, oh, oh, my yeah. foot, my foot has grown. She had a little growth spurt. So yeah. we'll be done taking a trip up. But if you're not in the area and you can't make it to Salem, New Hampshire, make sure you take check out tsrhockey.com. Yeah. Uh, I get the next, the next one. one here. Oh, speaking, we got a New Hampshire question. Right, excellent. Hi, Shrinks. We have a serious uh, qu- uh, rank question. What is the story on the Disney Princess double winding staircase at the New England Sports Center? They, lo- they look like the last possible architectural design choice one would think of for a mega hockey facility. Uh, were they free on the side of the road? <laughs> this is unbelievable. Were they present? They couldn't give back. What's the deal? Hockey moms. From Keene, New Hampshire, need to know. <laughs> Anyone who's been to Marlboro, when you walk in, the the stairs kind of like wrap around in like a kind of semi-circle going up to the next level. So that this is amazing. Great question. What, what do they call it? Cinderella style? No, Disney Disney Princess, Princess double winding staircase. staircase. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh I don't know what the design was, but that's probably one of those things they look back and they're like, you know, if we had to do this and we knew there was going to be 362 rinks eventually at this place, we probably would have opted for something different. But uh, well, I, I do, I, I can give I mean, a dude, little you're bit. You're like the construction guy. I know, but the, this like is that? why it's why it's done, in my opinion. It gives a open hallway going into the rink. And they are able to have two access points up to the second floor. So, you know, functionality, I think it is, it is correct, but I love your, you know, kind of, you know, spot on the Disney princess double winding staircase. Um, (laughs) It does look like that, but you know, so like when you walk in through the sliding doors, you have a, a clear path, you know, to the locker rooms versus one staircase going up. You already have that one staircase, you know, as you walk uh, further underneath past the uh, pro shop and up to the second floor. But uh, I love, I, I just like the uh, attention to detail. So I like the, uh, the, the mom from Keene, New Hampshire, like chiming in on the uh, architectural design. I like your answer too. Like you, that, that's spoken like a true, you know, construction guy that you are there. So that's, yeah, a- it's functionality functionality there you go it's functionality and i i mean i know if you you know you coach a game and you stop up at the restaurant upstairs there you like to walk down and do a little princess stroll you know you throw the puck bag over the shoulder or the shirt bag and you you got like butterflies around your shoulders yeah yeah exactly like you feel you feel like you get a little bit of swagger when you're rolling down those stairs for sure that's great (laughs) after a Uh, win after a loss you you feel like yeah yeah, exactly. you feel like the toad hopping down. 100%. All right, uh, I got the next one here. Hey, Shrinks, looking for your thoughts on what I believe is the exact reason the rink shrinks were created at a local um, mass preseason hockey tournament over this past weekend. I was lucky enough to coach in a playoff game against a team that was full of extremely talented kids who have played five months of what I call airplane hockey with a coach on the bench who has a couple hundred games in professional. Uh, This is a great test and hopefully an eye-opening moment for my group. My team is a group of squirts that play competitive hockey 
but do not have the elite tag attached. Opposing team is part of a skills program with 20,000 Instagram followers and, and packed drop-in skills multiple times a week who showcase current pros training all summer. I play men's league on rink eight at 10 p.m. for comparison. Uh, so another Marlboro guy. I wonder what if he goes to the right or the left of the stairs, you know. Um <laughs> Two stairs. shifts into the game, and the other team's game plan was clear as day. Two players circling the far blue line, waiting for a lob pass to center ice. This is not what hockey looks like at any level, and definitely not developing better hockey players. Looking at the helmet stickers and the number of players on the bench, you could say that this quote team of 13 skaters might have spent over 100000 on hockey altogether this summer. Uh, this is unfortunate. All the experience on the bench and the best knowledge passed on to these kids and what the families get in return for their money is watching 10-year-olds cherry pick for a free T-shirt and a medal. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you, Division Three High School Daddy Coach. <laughs> uh, oh, so, rink eight. No, some, some pretty good stuff here. I, I would say, um, you know, I'm just looking at the other side real quick. You know, they're probably like thinking about like a a skill set for people to try and, you know, do the lob or the flip or, you know, the hoist. Um, I mean, if they're playing at that level, though, to win, like, like, what what are you doing? Like, you know, circling guys and not teaching the game the right way. You know, if you're stretching guys at certain times, like in the neutral zone, it's fine. But like cherry picking is one of the things that is, you know, it's a lazy. It can stretch a, a, a D um, back, but also you're not like teaching the game the right way. And like if if you really want to break it down, you know, the summer is the summer. Like you want to be able to like move the puck, expect it back, and, um, you know, play fun hockey. Like who cares if you win? If this is the, the this is a summer, right, preseason hockey tournament. So, yeah. I don't know if it's like a, the, the team that is going to be together all year or not, but ultimately, you know, I, I would say I would have some issues if I was coaching against this guy. It's summer hockey. Yeah. That's all I have to say. It's yeah. nonsense. It's 10-year-old nonsense summer hockey. That's what you're going to get. It is what it is. Like, that's yeah. my answer. That's all. That's literally the only comment. It's It's stupid. Go do some skills, plants and t- whatever. And they, and I don't blame the parents or the kids. Like they're doing skills. They're probably, um, you know, whatever. Seeing some things on Instagram and social media and the kids are probably having a blast. And But that's what you get. I get to D3 coach. Like this is what you're going to get in summer tournaments. It's nonsense. There's no development that goes on. It's summer hockey. It's yeah. it, it. That's that's all I have to say. Summer hockey. Yeah. Is that some of hockey, but like on some level, would you, if you're coaching, if you're behind the bench, if you allowed yourself to be behind the bench, would you allow the kids to, you know, two kids to float in the? No, absolutely not. But that's okay. why I'm not coaching. That's why it's I, some of hockey and it's stupid. I got it. Got it. <laughs> it's like yeah. you aggravate. Yeah. You know, that. that's why I'm not there. That's why I'm going to sit in the beach or, or, or whatever. So D3 high school daddy coach shouldn't be upset. No, because he signed up for the tournament. Yeah. That's you going to get. It. Yeah. Nonsense. You know, so All coach right. your D3 hockey dad. Coach your kids the right way. Tell them, hey, we lose to a bunch of kids that are cherry picking and stuff. You should be able to capitalize on kids cherry picking first and foremost. You know yeah. what I mean? You should be able to out coach against that even if the team, if that's how they're going to play. You no, I think he's just the, the dad. He's 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 not – I mean, he's the coach, but I don't know if he's coaching, is he? Yeah, I think he said he was. I don't believe that. I, don't know, I read it. I didn't comprehend it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> D3 high school. Yeah, no, I guess he is coaching, yeah. Yeah, he's coaching. He's so, coaching. yeah, I mean, work him down low. He, use the back of the net. You know, there's two guys exactly. out of the zone. You point should be pounding them. should be wide open. I know. There you go. Now, um, should be wide open. I would but, just say, don't take it too uh, too heavy on that. Uh, as By said, it's summer summer hockey. 
Yep, for sure. Uh, all right, you got the next one here? Yeah. Uh, well, we got, I mean, this mailbag, I mean, and all our shows are uh, sponsored by Sparks. Sparks is the at-home or on-the-road skate shopping machine. Head on over to SparksHockey.com and use BYMods for $50 off your Sparks shopping. Sparks is the at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. Did you uh, buzz your skates up before last night's game? 100%. The edges were not the problem. Um, the guy pushing off them was was a bit of an issue. Obviously, <laughs> I hadn't skated, like I said, since April. Uh, so the in a, in a competitive type of game, uh, so my edges were on point. My legs, they're screaming at me today for sure. The the, the old hamstrings, the hip flexes, everything's a little tight. Uh, just how are your lungs? Food. I mean, you've been running. Yeah, the lungs were fine. Um, two minute shifts though. That that you know they they do they do that two minute thing with the and then the and stuff. So I, I don't care if you're. Uh, whatever uh lance armstrong you're gonna be gassed after a hockey shift so but uh the the skates were, were were buzzed up i took care of them right before the game uh you know took me 10 minutes if that so it was great great edges and it's that time of year make sure that you've gotten your sparks machine make sure you head to uh sparkshockey.com and use that by mods 50 dollars off discount code because uh if you don't have the sparks machine yet uh it you Basically, you're crazy, right? Yeah, it's very convenient. And, you know, I actually just broke some steel and Ooh, I got boy. my. Yeah, I know. I mean, th- these things are relics. Somebody throwing, but, somebody throwing grenades at the. At yeah, but the, I picked it up. Feet? Yeah, I picked it up. Um, okay. In the shed, I grabbed uh, my other skates. I'm going to sharpen them up tomorrow and be ready to go for the next 15 years. So. Uh, what with those I skates? Im- I mean, I can't imagine what those skates look like. If- <laughs> They're micron <laughs> megas. They're we micron get, megas. We gotta get uh, blue blades. We need like a extreme extreme makeover. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> whatever a, extreme equipment makeover. We should do that. Maybe a segment or something. Go up to TSR and we'll like show all your equipment and then get you all looking fresh and and get you some new wheels and stuff. Yeah, just looking uh, sharp. Yeah, we need you. We need you looking looking stylish on the ice. Especially yeah. When those Bruins alumni games. Uh, all right, I get the next question here. Uh, I have a question about development. My son is currently entering his first year at 12U. He has been skating since he was four years old and has been playing house teams since he started playing uh, organized hockey. He is absolutely good enough to play on a comp team and has been working hard for it. My question is the fact that recently I was off able to afford the comp team. Uh, the house team is very affordable. He is kind of down because, as he puts it, uh, he wants to see if I am actually good or just a house player. Uh, that's a quote from him. So my question is, would another year in uh, house hockey have an effect on his overall development as he goes uh into the older groups will he be behind and when do you think that it's important for a player to make that transition to a double a or a triple a program thank you very much so he's kind of right at that cusp right now in my opinion um you know 12u getting into a little bit more competitive um, if the finances aren't there, then the finances aren't there. But um, maybe you could make a, a call to the organization. If your son is good enough and they feel that he is good enough, they can uh, maybe cut you a break or, you know, give you, you know, like an alternate position or, you know, maybe practice with the team so your son can see if he can kind of hang, uh, you know, he wants to see if he's actually good or just house good. It's not, you know, that, 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 I'm guessing that makes him feel terrible about not being able to like just in the comp. Well, I don't not not sure what the comp means, but like I'm, I'm I, I think comp that's a, just another word for like a travel program. Okay, 
but uh, maybe um, they, that's they, what they, I was guessing here. somewhere somewhere else, like maybe up in Canada or something like that. Okay. We didn't get where this is coming from, but I, I would say it's a, a it's definitely a travel program. But I mean, you know, just my opinion is that um, I mean, this is the time that you would would need to kind of like make that you know commitment or adjustment to you know a double A AA or triple A program uh, just to see where your son slots and you know then things can happen after that uh if he's just a host player then that's fine but like just for a measuring stick i think this is a good time to do it yeah it's challenging i think you hit the nail on the head mots um the only thing i would suggest if it's a finance issue and you are going to be stuck in the house league program Maybe you could talk about playing up a year or playing with the older kids if you think mm-hmm. he is, um, you know, a little better than like the in-house age group that that he's currently playing with. Maybe they'll work with you, the the organization, and like you said, if you can get it to to where you're potentially playing some, um, <clears throat> doing some traveling or, or doing some practicing with the other teams. If you have the conversation with the organization, maybe they will uh, will help you out a little bit. Maybe there's some things you can do around the rink or something like that to offset some of those costs. Uh, I know a lot of programs are pretty good like that where they'll work with the families, especially in a tough situation where somebody loses a job or gets laid off or something like that. So um, it's, uh, you know, we wish them the best of luck. Yeah. No, I mean, kind of a tough dynamic, but um, you want the best for your kid and hopefully you can sort some stuff out. And I think that's good advice BY as well. You know, if you can play up a level, if, if uh, the comp, Stuff doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll get this one here. Mm -hmm. Playing in an adult hockey league with a new goaltender. He has been on skates for less than a year, and despite getting peppered and giving up a ton of goals, has the best attitude and never beats himself up. Historically, he stopped 75% 75 of his shots and is a GAA around eight. (laughs) That's hilarious. Going into this season, uh, we – do we play mid nineties New Jersey Devils neutral zone trap and try to win three two, or do we blow it out and go eighties Oilers and try to win every game nine eight? Great podcast, boys. Keep up the great work, and that's from North South Glass and Oak guy. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for uh, tuning in, Glass and Oak guy. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fantastic. I mean, I. It's men's league, like so. Who wants to sit back at that no point? One. Like, I, I'm more of a run and gun type of guy. Like, go eighties, yeah. Just go eighties oil style and just just try to just just try to win the shootout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're gonna go down, at least have fun. Especially if your goalie isn't gonna be a, a complainer and doesn't mind like letting in some shots, some two one O's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those. <laughs> Like nothing worse as a goalie that you're constantly facing odd man rushes. Uh, but this guy doesn't seem to mind. Maybe he's still so new to the position that he he's just like excited to be in there. But he'll get sick of it soon enough. Yeah, I agree with you. I would go 80s and but like when you go 80s though, you get a score, right? So if you're getting your chances right. and you're not scoring, then you then you might have to back check and like you know be below the puck every once in a while uh, to help out your guy. But if you run and gun and you don't score, or if you're scoring, um, then just score more, right? Just exactly. keep scoring more. Uh, and then score, we can go score, back to that. Score, 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 and score some more. Yeah, but we can go back to that question about the summer league. I mean, maybe float two guys. <laughs> yeah, do what those 10-year-olds are doing. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I want to hear uh, what you guys decide as a group. And um, we'd love to uh, kind of chime in uh, if you you have some success or not. So, yeah. I mean, the, the nine, actually, the, the funny thing about the mid 90s Devils, because the red line was in place, you know, because it was a two line offside back then, yeah. it's just a simple one, two, two, which everyone does. Right. Right, so you're right. in position. Like it's a two line passing. Yeah, so you could suffocate a little bit more. But the devil's trap, like you know, the devil's got a really bad rap for even till today. You know, like they're like, oh, mm-hmm. the devils are oh, defense. 
But Jacques Lemaire was like so far ahead of the curve and could understand trends and, you know, constructed this defensive system where they won the cup where it was very boring. But that's the one, two, two. That's all it is. Yeah. It's kind of glass and oak guy just hit a nerve with you talking about your, your beloved devils. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a little bit. No, 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 not a nerve. It was just, it was just clear. You just got to explain it. Yeah. You're yeah. Just clarifying. Exactly. But go 80 style, dude. Yeah, running gun kid. Running run gun. gun. If you need Jersey Shaw, uh, he's always available for men's league games too. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what he's going to. Well, provide. unless he has a softball uh, game <clears throat> or a trial for Jeopardy. Yeah. No, not yeah, Jeopardy. Will of Fortune. Come on, guy. Whatever it is. Uh, all right. Hi, shrinks. Our 2014 son is playing AAA this year. We are not rich like most of the other parents. So uh, we are afraid we can't keep up with the Joneses, private lessons, shooting lessons, dry land, stick handling lessons, and whatever else. Besides shooting pucks in the driveway, do you have any advice for us so that our son can keep up with the other kids on our limited budget? Thanks. And that's from Jen in Toronto. Well, I appreciate the uh, the question, Jen. Uh, so, like, all the private skating and shooting and dry land and all that stuff, there's so much information out there that you can construct a little bit of a program at home. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how uh, – it's 2014, so it's, it's young. You know, the, 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 Yeah, it's, it's nine years old. Yeah, so, like, you don't have to, like, overthink this. The shooting pucks in the driveway, the stick handling – and just like being a kid is just as much, just as valuable as some of the, the money that these people are wasting, in my opinion. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So like get out, have them get out there, play in the driveway, stick in. Like, but there's a lot of drills. I remember doing drills like on my own, like around, you know, like figure eights, wide dribbles. You can do that in the driveway. Um and, you know, just check out franklinsports.com, get all your training needs, and you can have them shipped up to Toronto, and um, your guy will be in the driveway doing his thing or in the basement or whatever, and you're going to be saving some money. Yeah, I agree 1,000%. Uh, don't get too caught up in keeping up with the Joneses. We talk it all. We talk about it all the time. Um, you'll be fine. He's nine years old. Make sure he continues to love the game. Give him some different opportunities to to train, to shoot pucks, to do push-ups, do everything you can do on your own that doesn't require a lot of uh, a lot of money, and he'll be just fine. Just go out, be an athlete, play wiffle ball, run sprints in the backyard, do some squats, like body weight stuff, every, everything. Like you'll be just fine. The body's going to change so much. He's a 2014. Um, it's a long long way from from where you're at now and i think you'll be just fine and keep that love and passion and hunger in your son and uh and everything will work out fine agreed man uh all right um mods that pretty much wraps it up so i think it's time we get to the my hockey rankings question of the week um here it is hey guys love the show it always brings me back to reality reminds me of what youth hockey is all about what are your thoughts on helmet stickers or individual awards, whether it's a goal, assist, hat trick, player of the game, or even a sticker every week for the hottest worker at practice? Uh, I've also seen a bunch of teams give out chains, hard hats, and similar things to the player of the game. Is it cool or is it lame? Thanks. And that's a 10U coach. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not a big fan of like stickers on the helmet for on-ice performance. I know that was a thing for some, you know, even some colleges and, you know, some programs. But um, I would say no on that, on the helmet. You don't touch the helmet. Uh, player of the game, I think that's like a a very good thing to do. And it doesn't have to have, you know, the, the player that has the most goals, assists, someone who blocked a shot, who made like a good decision, something that you worked on in practice that, was executed in the game. That's what you want to like encourage, you know, like things that matter and uh, it could be a small little thing, you know? And I, I think the kids like that. It usually goes after a win. I, I'm not like opposed, like even after a loss, if 
someone was doing something correctly, you know, I, I think that's should be rewarded as well. So, um, you know, like that, the individual, you don't want to individualize people, but like you want people to realize or players to realize as a coach, you know, you're getting rewarded for something that isn't just like on the score sheet. You protected the puck when we did a puck protection, you know, drill in practice, or you made a good wall decision when we did walls play, or, you know, there's always these good decisions all over the ice, but if something you focus on in practice, um, you know, a player does it consistently throughout the game, I think, you know, it should be rewarded. Or if like someone just goes off and like has a great game, like, you know, it's very obvious sometimes, but um, I don't mind the player of the game. I just don't like any uh, helmet stickers. Yeah, this is a tough one because I think it, it it turns into a if it's a a player of the game, it it turns into especially at the younger age groups where everybody has to get it, and you know, like you know what I mean. It just becomes. No, I don't think everyone has to get it. I I just think that like oh, dude. Then you got little Johnny's mom complaining yeah. that you know he made this play or he so then just cut it out all together. It's just honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a headache for the, for coach. the coach. Yeah, I got it. It's a complete headache. Um, yeah, I, I actually never did it. To be there honest, there you with go. You. Exactly. <laughs> I think I did it one year with a hot hat, and it was, you know, it was like a hottest work and player type thing. Actually, um, Mike Greer did a. Um, he would give out some pause. I think when when you know. Jack Parker left BU or something like that. He gave Grizzly a couple stickers full of paws. So with our 2011 team, there was a couple seasons where he would come down after a weekend and give some kids some paws. And there wasn't, it had nothing to do with goals or assists or things like that. It was more for like a really nice block shot or, you know, like a selfless type play, a dive to break something up or, or you know, so, but he, was ne- at that the, the the season that I'm remembering right now? He was never on the bench. This was, I, you know, maybe he was. Uh, I think he was assistant, you know, kind of GM to the to the Rangers at the time. So he was kind of in and out, and he would watch a lot of games. He would watch a lot of games on live bond and stuff like that. So it was completely him that did it. We didn't talk about it or consult like he, you know, Mike being the guy that he is, just just kind of brought the stickers in and um, and did it, which was totally cool and he would give you know kids like little paws more or less uh for the stickers and i know that's probably why you don't like them because obviously you <laughs> get the paws right and and, and bc what are they going to give out eagles so um you he know gave out but, skull and crossbones one year and i was like this is ridiculous for like big hits at bc the uh strength coach did it what yeah like nose on nose that must have been hilarious on your he, helmet. Oh, okay. And yeah. yeah. Uh, so he was trying to like figure it out. And I was like, oh, this isn't. You yeah, know, this is I, great. Yeah. Concussion central. Yeah, exactly. No. I, and to get, to get a sticker on your helmet. Right. Right. Um, but so the, that's where it was used before. I mean, I know the kids, a lot of them really do love it. Um, I think when I did it, I really did it only after wins. I would give the hot hat out. I, I did it for a season. It was just to kind of motivate the kids and whatever. But it was nothing. If they lost, it stayed in the bag. Um, I didn't give it out after a loss. And I tried to sprinkle it around as much as the kid. No, you know what I did? I think I made the kids had to give it out. The coaches didn't do it. The coach, the, the kids had to give out the player of the game to who they thought. You know what I mean? So similar okay. to like the Broadway hat, right? You see that given out in the Rangers locker room. They would give, you know, whoever, whatever. Lundquist had it from the game before. He would he was forced to give it to another teammate, and he would have to explain why, you know, that that player deserved it on that day, whether it was a great goal or a great assist or a, a, a selfish type of act on the ice. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we're indifferent, right? No, I, I think it's like. You know, but pr- pretty similar stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, selfless, selfless acts, uh, you know, voted on by the team would be great. But I just think it, it kind of like, 
it's kind of fun. It's kind of you know cute, but <laughs> ultimately, um, who really cares? You know, that's how I am. Yeah. I see people walking out of the rink with like a big dog bone around their neck or some crazy thing, and I'm like, oh, God, this is this is yeah. painful. Like just go out and play. It's not it, it it's not about everybody getting a medal type of thing or the guy being the player of the game it's about the team not the individual so uh, once again great question for the my hockey rankings question of the week uh the my hockey rankings i mean you want to talk about somebody kicking off the season and uh working hard coming up here those guys are going to be grinding soon so uh we'll talk to them we'll get them on in the next couple weeks here and talk about the rankings and changes and and everything but uh excellent question for the my hockey rankings question of the week oh much you were up on the ice in uh, vermont with some of the kids up there with the new program junior catamounts right yeah it was a great uh training camp as they put it you know so uh our good friend matt miles and mike Tony um got the you know couple programs and rebranded it under the vermont junior catamounts and they're doing a training camp monday through wednesday and was able to get up there and get on the ice for a bunch of hours with different age groups, different, you know, girls and boys. And it was really, really fun. And, um, you know, as far as, you know, one of the best, uh, you know, kind of interactions I had was uh, a guy named Zach Mandingo having Zachy. Yeah. Zach, good player, asking questions, understanding the game, we did a lot of small, small area games and I asked him about his game and, um, you know, he's like, yeah, I am all undersized for my age group. So I like to work hard and like get in the corners and like get the puck. And, but in these small area games, he was making some really good plays. We did some angling drills. He was doing all the right things. So I was really happy to see Zach doing some stuff that we, uh, we talked about number one and, uh, he's a very, very good player. Um, I know that from talking to, other coaches around and at the age group. So keep up the good work, Zach. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, it comes from a great athletic family. You know, uh, dad and uncle are both at Middlebury Coaching. So appreciate uh, you coming up and introducing yourself, Zach, and keep up the good work, buddy. No, that's great. It's always uh, reassuring when when kids are listening and they recognize you out there. And, and those kids up there, they used to be in in, in Mont with Swaggy P and, and Money Mitch and stuff. When they saw you lumbering around, what would what, they think? Unimpressed. <laughs> and you I, probably had like crack steel, like forgot two left skates, like just typical mozzarella sticks. But I'm sure you ran a great practice up there, and it's great to see um you know matt and 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 mike and those guys up there they're going to do an excellent job with that program and i know they're going to be uh, back and forth between boston and and you know kind of in um this area quite a bit so it'll uh, it'll be fun to see that the progression and it's you know cool to see that junior catamount's name uh from top to bottom and getting the girls programs involved as as, as well it's uh that's great stuff but um, I think that pretty much wraps things up, Mott. Uh I'm glad you, you you remembered about your trip up to, to Vermont for, for a day or so. And uh, you know, we were able to talk about Zach. And uh, yeah, I think, um, what do you say? Time to cue the ring from the shuffle or what? <laughs>